episode of the Connecting Faith to Life podcast. I'm Trey Rhodes, a Connections Pastor at Northwood Baptist Church here in North Charleston, South Carolina. In just a few moments, our lead pastor, Dr. Tommy Metter, will be joining the conversation as well. In our crazy and chaotic world, our hope is that these few minutes will help you stop and reflect on your relationship with Jesus as you learn to connect Christ-centered faith to your everyday life. I will reluctantly admit that we're on episode 151 yeah. because I missed 150. You missed it, man. That was the big one, and, uh, and you missed it. And But now you're back. Yeah, so I'm back, we'll and I'm glad to be back. Yeah. So that's good. So I wanted you, to encourage. You had the big kidney stone. It wasn't actually that big, but I guess big it was big. enough to cause pain. Yes, it was. Yeah, so Stacy, <laughs> Stacy fussed at me a little bit for embarrassing you Sunday morning. I'm sorry, Pops. No embarrassment. <laughs> I, my, I'm not I'm, that, I'm not that person. That's what I tell him. Like, he doesn't mind us. We, we got I, this relationship going on where, I am you just, know, it's just where I pick on you all the time. I'm and you just take not it that and, person. Nah, I really don't fine. take those things seriously. I enjoy a good joke. I enjoy a good rib. I mean, we do. That's just how we, we roll. We that's do. how we roll. We so do. people just need to understand that yeah, the, it's all good. we're guys. We've yeah. been in, we're locker room guys. We've been in there and had all the jokes and all those things. Yeah. But, but you're anyway. feeling better. You're feeling better. That's I, a big deal, isn't it? Yes. First I, one you ever had. Last night was the first time I felt normal. Mm. I didn't realize, until you feel normal, you don't realize how normal you didn't feel. Yeah, yeah. So I find the grandkids finally got to experience some of my joy instead good, of my grumpiness. Good, so good. Yeah, those things will make you grumpy. Ooh. I've had several over the years. It, yeah, I know. you. Were, you yours is so much worse than mine yeah, was. It, it'll, it'll, yeah, I, you know, I, I don't know what to compare it to. It's like just somebody taking a knife and just stabbing it in your side over Ugh. and over and over again. I know that's really pleasant to talk about on the podcast episode, but they're no fun. I found out a lot of people in our church have had kidney stones yeah. after yeah. that. So yeah. Um, yeah. they came and talked to me about it. So, well, this is uh, episode 151. Not about so kidney stones. About <laughs> not about else. kidney stones. That's the blessing. But uh, if you uh, want to let everybody know by Facebook, Twitter, text, call them on the phone, see them in the Life Connection Group or on the road, just say, hey, listen to Connecting Faith to Life. And what's amazing to me is more and more people listen. Yeah. Uh, hey, I got an email this week, actually, from one of our- Tell me about yeah, it. Yeah. One of our recent um, college grads. Yeah, yeah. He emailed me and said, hey- you said for us to let you know if we'd listened to all ep- all the episodes. That's you said, right. I've listened to every one of them. I'm like, man, that that's is awesome. cool. Yeah, uh, Randy, uh, our another Randy. Not, uh, I won't say last names, but uh, you know who I'm talking about. He said he goes back and forth in North Carolina all the time. Yeah, he told me that. We talked about that. And the he day. said, you know, I've already listened through them once. Now I'm on the way back. I'm listening through them again. There you go. So uh, anyway, he says he says I'm getting kind of the kind of the celebrity mood feeling though it's like i know those guys i know those guys <laughs> yeah our massive audience of worldwide <laughs> listeners yeah so anyway exactly. it was funny to talk to him yeah that's so good. just keep on uh being faithful to let people know and uh, your efforts are helping so keep at it well pastor we're going to be talking uh today about one of my favorite books in the bible but also one of the probably most misunderstood books of the bible in the sense that People will rip things completely out of context and just make them say whatever they want. And that's the book of Psalms. And so I think uh, as we begin our uh, sermon series, uh, your sermon series, I guess I should say, I consider it mine too. It's yours too. You're going to be walking with it, through us with it, and helping with the Life Connection groups, discussing it. So it's just as much yours as is mine. Okay, I'll take it then. But I just just think this is going to be a great opportunity for us to say, okay, how do you deal with the Psalms? What are they like? 
Why do we need to study them? All those yeah. kind of things. So. so you were a pastor for, well, you've been a pastor for a long time, but you served in, as a lead pastor mm-hmm. for a bunch of years. Mm-hmm. Did you ever preach through the book of Psalms? I never preached through. No. I, what I did was, uh, you know, you would preach Psalm 51. Yeah. I preached Psalm 36. There, yeah, right, the big right, ones. You right. Know, Psalm 22. So, yeah. So I've been pastoring for 20 years now and I have never preached through the book of Psalms. And and several reasons why. One of the reasons why is just, this is hard. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you wouldn't think because I think for, for many people, we would say, oh, this is our favorite book of the Bible mm-hmm. because it is a beautiful book of the Bible. All this poetry and it engages the emotions and the heart. And, and, and there's lots of Psalms that we've turned into songs that we sing. Right. And, yeah. and so, so I understand that when we come to Psalms for a lot of us, it is uh, our favorite book of the Bible, but to actually preach through the book of Psalms. Now we're not going to do all 150 Psalms. That would take oh, a long time. Not. not this time. Okay. We'll we might come back time. and pick up some more later on. <laughs> but what I want to do is give a yeah. sampling of the Psalms over the course of a few months and, and show how the Psalms are connected together. Uh, but, but you know, I haven't preached these, these Psalms like this before because it is a challenge because they, you know, on the one hand is, is poetry. I, I don't know about you, Trey, but I'll just be honest. Poetry just ain't my thing, man. Mm-hmm. You a big poetry fan? No, no. <laughs> my so, wife is. She has yeah. books and books of poetry. And then there's people that are. It's just not never been really my my strong suit. The thing I, I turn to to read. Um, my, my youngest son Hudson. He keeps asking, Daddy, when are we going to do a, a Bible book with stories in it? When are we going to do Bible book with? Because we just did Ephesians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's, he's, like getting, he's like he, he likes the stories, and yeah. I like the stories too. And that's always been my favorite part of Scripture is just the narratives, mm-hmm. the stories. And I, you know, I like the the epistles for the doctrine. But then you come to Psalms, and you have all this poetry, and. I, I'm just not a poet. You know what I'm saying? It's just not not my favorite mm-hmm. thing to study. I have a hard time reading poetry because you have all the symbolism and the imagery and the parallelism and mm-hmm. all those kind of things. And, and then figuring that out, it's, it's just always been a challenge for me. And so in part, just because my own... Um, deficiency in understanding how poetry works. Mm-hmm. I've in some ways of, I mean, I've preached like you, the big Psalms over the years, sure. but, but to actually walk through the Psalms, uh, I, I've kind of avoided just because I'm, I'm just not the best at poetry and understanding. It. And then also you think about how repetitive the Psalms are as oh, yeah. well. You know, I mean, uh, the Psalms, you, you will be reading through the Psalms. You said, I didn't I I, read that. Before? Yeah. I just read that. Yeah. You know, yeah. You know, so, that'll, that'll hit you many times. So, yeah. So, you know, but, but here we are in a church like ours that we, we, you know, believe in the importance of preaching through the Bible. And mm-hmm. I, and I kind of, you know, over the past few months thought, thought, you know, I mean, I've been preaching for a long time and I've never tackled the book of Psalms. Mm-hmm. I need to do that. We yeah. need to do that. That's going to be good for me. It's going to be good for us as a church and it is God's word. So it, it's very important for us to take time and spend in a book like this because it is God's word. There's much to say uh, to us. God has much to say to us from this incredible book of the Bible. Mm-hmm. And not only is it poetry, <laughs> It's Hebrew poetry, which yeah, takes it yeah, another yeah. level away from. That's right. There you know, are it's things, not like reading Shakespeare no, or, or no, anything like no. that. And so. we'll talk about some of that in the sermon series. But there are uh, some things in Hebrew poetry that are very different mm-hmm. from the way we, you know, think about poetry. You think about things like rhyme, and yeah. uh, you know, that's not necessarily as as prominent in Hebrew poetry as it is in English pro- poetry or whatever the case may be. So there are some unique elements of Hebrew poetry that just, you know, unless you really kind of study it, it's kind of hard to pick out. And uh, so it's, it's going to be a challenging book to preach through. I've got 15 Psalms right now picked out oh, good. To, to work through, but that might change. I might, because I'm still struggling with, okay, what, what are going to be the best ones to mm-hmm. help us to think through the overall structure of the book? Um, 
But here's what got me really interested in Psalms. I started doing some reading and um, and had a good conversation with one of our forum members. You remember Pete Link? You oh, know yeah. Pete Link. Pete Link uh, sat one down. Of my yeah, Pete Link. He, he used to be a member here and he's now serving at another church. Mm-hmm. And uh, But he is an Old Testament scholar like no other. Oh, I know. Wow. Yeah. So I've been to him several times. Yeah. So we sat down. Actually, Logan sat down with me and Pete, and I think Cody sat with us as well. And uh, he, he, he helped me to, to think through some of the different issues in Psalms. And, and he would just kind of confirm some things that I was reading that were, I was really interested in. Uh, I think when we think about Psalms, we think about it as a bunch of, you know, different poems just kind of mm-hmm. randomly thrown together, but that's not the case at all. There is a real structure here, and that gets us into the, the, the first reason why we're studying the Psalms. So today we're going to be talking about three reasons why we should study the Psalms. And the first is this, that the Psalms tell the story of redemption. Yeah, so I'm the kind of guy that likes stories. My son Hudson likes to hear the Bible stories. Psalms, in a lot of ways, we think about it as a hymn book. And I know that we, you know, you read a lot of the Psalms and you have um, the these superscriptions that say for the choir or where the case may be. Right, and certainly right. these Psalms were sung as they worshiped at the temple. That would have definitely taken place. But the Psalms, it's much more than a hymn book. It's a storybook. Mm-hmm. And I, I hadn't really put all this together before, but, but the way the Psalms lay out is they are taking us through the history of Israel, pointing us to a future reality of a coming king. That's what's going on. And so, so you think about Psalms, obviously you have David that wrote a lot of the Psalms. He, you have 150 Psalms, David mm-hmm. wrote 73. Uh, so you have uh, a lot of Psalms that were not written by David, were written by other individuals. You have Psalm 90, which is a Psalm of Moses. You've got Moses in the Psalms. Uh, you have the, the sons of Korah. You have, you have all these different authors of the book of Psalms. And, and again, these Psalms aren't randomly put together. What we think is that David began collecting these Psalms. And then while they were in exile, they continued to collect mm-hmm. the Psalms together. And then when they came out of exile, they continued to collect these Psalms. And, and sometime after the exile, uh, these Psalms were put together as one collection of, of Psalms, one book that we are able now to read and meditate on and, and learn about, um, you know, how to, to worship and to pray uh, through these Psalms. Mm-hmm. But, but it's, it's this, it, my point is it wasn't randomly put together. Right. There's a design and a structure here. And you even begin to see that as you read through the book, because maybe you've seen this, Trey, I know you probably have. And if you're listening, maybe you've seen this before. The, the book of Psalms is actually five books. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's five different sections of Psalms that we call the five books of Psalms. And and if you think about it, in some ways, it's a, a reminder of the Torah, mm-hmm. right? You have these five books of the Psalms that are a reminder of the Torah, because in some ways, the Psalms are written to be, now I've got to be careful how I say this, but just, yeah, just listen to careful. me. Yeah. Uh, the Psalms are written to be the new Torah. Not mm-hmm. It doesn't replace the Torah. But, but you know, during this time of exile and coming out of exile, this new Torah that teaches us how to meditate on the word of God and to pray and to anticipate a future kingdom. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, some, so many of the Psalms are, are approaching our heart. And that's where you'll read the Psalms and you just, and I, and I see that because the Torah is more like, it's, it, as we know, it's commands. Yeah. And so, but if we're going to do the commands, we've got to get the heart. Yeah. And the Psalms help us, I yeah, believe, they do. get the Absolutely. heart. So yeah. you think about the, the, the first book of Psalms, right? Which would be um, chapters, I don't know, really three through 41. Mm-hmm. Um, most of those are written by David. Mm-hmm. And it's really telling David's story as David goes through it. 
right? So you, you are seeing his heart and responses that he has to different situations as he walks through those situations. Mm-hmm. One thing that you'll notice in Psalms that's really interesting is a lot of the Psalms have these, uh, what we call superscriptions. You'll see the, yeah. you'll see Psalm, like for example, Psalm, I don't know, three. Mm-hmm. And underneath Psalm three, it says, you know, written while David was whatever. Right. And you'll see that several times uh, over the course of the book. There are some Psalms that don't have superscriptions, but a lot of them have superscriptions. Mm -hmm. And those superscriptions are a help to us because they put them in the historical context. Right. And let us know, hey, here's what David was going through when he wrote this Psalm. And and so we'll do that when we get to Psalm 3. We'll look at that, that context, which helps us to understand the Psalm. But all that to say that what these Psalms do is they help us and when we read the Psalms of David anyway, they help us to understand David's story mm-hmm. as he was going through it. That's really cool. I really believe that we're going to have a lot of aha moments. Yeah, I we're think going so to go, too. Oh, now that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, when you start to understand the historical yeah, background, yeah, why yeah. it was going. Now, not all, like you said, not all of them do that. But when they do, I think we do need to take advantage of that understanding. That's exactly right. To help right. us to get to That's it. exactly right. So, so let's just think about the whole book for a moment. Sure. So, so. It's, it's set up, it's structured in a way that's intentional. And the way you can kind of understand that is you go to the end of the Psalms, right? You have the, the last four or five Psalms that really serve as a conclusion to the book, mm-hmm. right? And then, then you have, let me see, let me open my Bible and show you. Uh, you. You have the first book, Psalms really three through 41. And when you get to Psalm 41, at the end of the passage, or excuse me, end of the Psalm, you have these verses, It says something like this. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel from everlasting to everlasting. Amen and amen. Now, at the end of each book of the Psalms, that concluding Psalm is going to say the same thing. Hmm. It makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's just a reminder that these psalms are tied together, mm-hmm. right? That you have this intentionality in the psalms, where at the end of each book there is this concluding verse that is the same or similar in all of the books of the Psalms make sense. So it's, a, it's just a reminder that an editor came, came in when all these Psalms were collected and put them together intentionally mm-hmm. to tell us something about the history of the nation mm-hmm. of Israel, right? So you have, you have that link, you have the conclusion at the end of the book and at the beginning of Psalms, which we'll look at this Sunday, as we start the series, you have Psalm one and two, which really serve as an introduction, right? So if you, you know, if you could pick up a, a book, you're going to read, you know, oftentimes before you get to chapter one, there's an introduction that you read to kind of set the stage. And so you think about Psalms one and two as an introduction into the entire book. Mm -hmm. And so in that introduction, we're going to talk a lot about this Sunday morning. You have this idea of the blessed person. Yeah. Right. Over and over again. How blessed is the one who? Right. Well, the question is, who is that blessed one? Well, what we're going to find out Sunday morning is that blessed one in Psalm chapter two is the anointed king. Mm. Well, who's the anointed king? Well, that's the question. Is it David? Is it Solomon? Or is it someone else? And as we work through the Psalms, here's what we're going to see. That the Psalms are ultimately pointing us to a king, right? That is not David. That is not Solomon or any of his sons, right? Pointing us ultimately to King Jesus. And so so you remember the promise that God made to to, to David. That there's going to be one who sits on your throne forever. Yes. And so in the book of Psalms... We're going to get some hints as as to to who that one is who's going to come and sit on the throne. We talk about if you if you've read through the Psalms or have ever heard a preacher preach on the Psalms, messianic Psalms, mm-hmm. right? That there there's an intentional design in this book that's pointing us to uh, an anticipated king 
King Jesus. And so really, if you think about it, the Psalms, they really are in a lot of ways about Jesus Christ himself. It, 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 these Psalms are about some of David's struggles. There's, there's Psalms about some of the victories and all those kind of things. But ultimately, it's a book that's walking us through uh, Israel's experience, their history, to, to point us to a coming king. For example, you have book one uh, that, that uh, shows us David and some of the things that he went through. And David, now, now we'll talk a lot about this as we move through the series, David in some ways is a picture of, of King Jesus, mm-hmm. right? That he gives us a picture of what the Messiah will be like. Now, David's good and he's also sinful. And okay. so he's not a perfect picture, but he's a what we call him in, in biblical theology, he's a type of Christ, mm-hmm. right? He he is one that is pointing us to Jesus, right? So so you'll see that there's some characteristics about David that are similar to characteristics of Jesus Christ himself. But he's also a picture. Now watch this. David's a picture of the king, but David is also one who seeks refuge in the true king. Mm-hmm. And this is what you see. You see David crying out over to God and over, over and over again, yeah. again, trying to find refuge in ultimately this promise that there's going to be one who comes and sits on his throne forever. Right. And so you think about, you think about book one, book one of Psalms is, is, is really focused on David mm-hmm. and how God continually rescues David from his enemies. But then you get to book two and it, and it turns a bit because now when you begin book two, you still have some Psalms of David in book two, you have some of those famous Psalms like Psalm 51 where right. David sinned and uh, with Bathsheba and God restores him. But, but you think about book two, it really begins to focus more on God's people. Right. And, and how not only David longs for a King, but God's people yeah. long for a King. And then you get to book three and book three is all about, uh, uh, exile. Ooh. Okay. It's a tough section. Yeah. It's a tough section. Yeah. You have book three focused on exile and you'll see more of those Psalms. Lament. You hear, yeah. Laments. The, the and, temple is burned. There's yeah. no King, uh, and all those kinds of things. Uh, and, and then you get into, to book four, and what you begin to realize is that even in this exile, God is still in control. Let me let me show you. So you come to Psalm 89. Mm. Oh, this is going to be so good when we get there on, on Sunday mornings. It's way away, but we're going to eventually get there. You get to um, Psalm 89, and you come down in Psalm 89 to like verse 38. But you have spurned and rejected him. You have become enraged with your anointed. You have repudiated the covenant with your servant. You have completely dishonored his crown. You have broken down all his walls. You have reduced his fortified cities to ruin. So you have this idea in Psalm A9 that God has rejected his people. He sent them into exile. Right. God's done with them. But then you get to Psalm 90, the very next book, book four, right? And it's a Psalm of Moses. It takes us all the way back to Moses. And, and, and as you read through that psalm, it's a, the beginning of a reminder from a psalm of Moses. No, this God who made a covenant with Moses mm-hmm. and the people of Israel, he's still faithful. This God who made a covenant with, with, with David, he's still faithful, mm-hmm. right? So you have this book of, of exile in, in, uh, in the psalms, book three, and then that's answered with book four, just a reminder, okay, yes, life is tough, but God's going to bring you back into the land and he's going to bring forth a king God is still faithful. And then you come to book five, right? And book five is compiled after the exile, right? And book five is all about pointing us to that, that future king, hallelujah, right? You end the Psalms with these words of hallelujah because the king is coming. And so if you walk through the book of Psalms, and I never really thought about this until I really started studying this over the last few months, and, but, but what Psalms done, does is Psalms just constantly tells us the story of um, 
of Israel and Israel's need for a lasting eternal king. It's really cool how it's all put together. So in reality, um, seems like this would be a good prologue to the gospels. Yeah. In some in ways, I guess that, so. Because so, you're, you know, introducing the king, Matthew yeah. does that, Mark yeah. does that, you know, so we hear that over and over again yeah. and, and all the things that go with that yeah. and the people longing for the yeah. king yeah. and, you know, and crying out, even, even the Hosanna and the highest and all the things they did, they were longing yeah. for the king. So I, I just really think it's neat. It's yeah. going to be a great opportunity for us to really put, start to see what, what, we term in our discipleship program as, as, as biblical theology, how, we're yeah. starting to come together. Yeah. You know, and that's start the thing. That. And that, that, that's the thing. When you think about the Psalms, it is a book in the Bible. The Bible tells that one singular story of our need for a savior and who that savior is Jesus Christ. And so you see that all throughout the book of Psalms. And that's, what's exciting because when you begin to see it, it isn't just mm-hmm. 150 random poems put together that talk about God and uh, and, and, and so oftentimes, and, and, and this was me too, uh, when we think about Psalms, think, okay, it's just a book of, of songs or a book of, you know, worship. And, mm-hmm. and it is that, it certainly is that, but there's something but going on here. That. That's, there's yeah. something going yeah. on here that we need to see that this is a book that is pointing us to that future hope in Christ, the Christ who's come, the incarnation and who's died and rose again for Amen. us. And now, um, you know, lives forever at the right hand of God. So that's kind of the structure of the book. And so so we need to study the Psalms to see this structure, to see that this Psalms tell us this story of redemption. Just this little bit has already helped me. That's really cool, huh? <laughs> the Psalms tell the story of redemption, but the second reason is this, that the Psalms teach us to worship in every situation now, of life. This is where we get into what's familiar to us. Mm-hmm. I mean, when we start thinking about the story of Psalms, probably many of us have never thought through right. how the Psalms fit together to tell a, a story. But we probably have thought through how the Psalms, they really do minister to us in every situation of life. I think that's why the Psalms are so beloved, right? Mm, I agree. Because when you're going through those times of agony, Ooh. you can turn to the Psalms and you can find a Psalm that where David or someone was going through agony, you can relate. Yeah, I, I, I need a crowd to God like like David was. Or when you're going through times of joy, mm-hmm. uh, you can you can uh, turn to the Psalms. You can find Psalms where people are praising God for whatever the case may be. And so, so because they're so um, emotionally driven, mm-hmm. we can relate to the Psalms in every situation of life. Now, what what a lot of pastors will do, and we'll do this too, is we'll, we'll divide up the Psalms by different types of Psalms. And we'll talk about some of that uh, uh, as we work through the series. But, you know, there's there's laments, there's Thanksgiving Psalms, there's Psalms of celebration, there's Psalms of ascent, there's all kinds of different Psalms. Uh, probably for many of us, what we're most familiar with in the book of Psalms, or what we've heard a lot about are those Psalms lament. Because there's yeah. quite a few of them, mm-hmm. right? Where where there's this mourning or this grief over whatever, whether it's someone pursuing David, or whether it's in the exile and the the people longing to be out of exile, there are these psalms of lament. But but watch this because I really didn't uh, think much about this until I you know began reflecting on the psalms and studying for this series. As you move through the book of Psalms, this is so cool. As you move through the book of Psalms, the laments become less and less. Oh, yeah. Why? Because they're telling a story. Yeah. They're telling a story about future hope and redemption. And as you move, especially in book five, and our focus is being turned after exile to this king that's to come, man, there's praise. There's wow. praise. And this is what God does, doesn't he? God turns our lament into praise as we walk with him, right? Because mm-hmm. month after month, year after year, as you grow in Christ, it doesn't take away all your problems but it does change your perspective on your problems, exactly. right? Yeah. And so your laments become less and less 
and your praise becomes more and more because as you walk with God, he really does turn your mourning into dancing. He really does turn your lament into praise as you focus on him and what he's doing in your life. And so, so yes, Psalms teach us how to worship in every situation of life. Psalm helps us to understand how to express our lament and our grief and our sorrow, but Psalm also teaches us how we can walk through seasons of lament and see those seasons of lament ultimately turned into seasons of praise and worship. That's really cool. Yeah, I know that uh, when I was going through my worst of times with all that I went through with my aortic dissection, I know that the Psalms just always directed me to worship God, and they really helped me get through that whole thing because they kept on telling me, you're going to be depressed, you're going to be depressed, you're going to be depressed, you're going to be depressed. And I guess I had tough days, but I would never say that I went into clinical depression like they said I was going to. Right. And I truly, you know, I know this probably sounds a little too simplistic, but I truly attribute it to just pouring my heart out in the Psalms, just directing me, knowing that life's tough, but seeing that God has it all in the end and you trust him, you know, it's just a lot of trust that you'll see from David and, uh, and the other Psalmist, but you just see it over and over again. And it helped me through, yeah, you know, and yeah. so I, I challenge everyone with that, you know, yeah. let it help you through. Absolutely. That's, that's a great thing. And what's really cool too, if you think about the individual Psalms, even of those Psalms where you see David, for example, lamenting, like mm-hmm. God, life is tough. My enemies are after me. It couldn't be any worse. Where are you? I can't find you. You, you don't see me listening to my prayers. I mean, all that kind of stuff, yeah. all those things that we experience, right? And our walk with the Lord, David, David just spells those things out for us. He goes through it too. But what is has always been encouraging to me as you read through the individual Psalms is that as David laments at the end of each of those Psalms, what does he typically say? But I still trust you, God. But I still trust you. I still you. trust you. My, my hope is in you. Life stinks. I don't know where you are. doesn't seem like you're speaking to me right now, but I know you're there. Mm. I trust you and I'm going to mm. continue to walk by faith. Right? And that's, yeah. that's, that's the way to lament that. Yes, God, I'm going to cry out to you. I don't understand everything, but I know that you're in control. That's, that's good. All right, and the third and final reason is this, is that the Psalms teach us how to pray. Yeah, they teach us how to worship, how to express our Mm -hmm. our hearts to God. And certainly, closely related to that is they teach us how to pray, Mm -hmm. how to to, to verbalize our hearts towards God in a very very powerful way. There's nothing I I enjoy more than to just literally open the Psalms and pray them out to God. If I'm going through a tough time, pray it out to God. That's exactly right. If I'm rejoicing, pray it out to God. Uh, and it just kind of directs my prayer. That yeah. Way. Yeah. And so I've, I've been in the practice of that for years. I mean, I've actually got, I don't use it as much as I used to, except I've, I've been doing some other things devotionally. Uh, but I have, a um, a one of those, um, books that's just Psalms, like yeah, it's just yeah, the Psalms. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, and so I, I used to, um, here even, I would, I would take that, that collection of Psalms and just walk around the auditorium and pray wow. for people, uh, just through the Psalms, you know, yeah. because as, as thing as I was reading the song, songs, people would come to mind or situations come to mind that I could pray for. In fact, there, there's a, one of my favorite books on prayer is very practical and, and, um, helpful is, um, a book called how to pray the Bible by Donald Whitney. Uh, it is a great little book. It's not very long. It might be a hundred pages. Um, but what he does in that book is he, he specifically takes us through the Psalms and teaches you how to pray using the Psalms as a guide. And it's super, super helpful. But if you think about it, that's exactly why God gave us the book of Psalms. Mm -hmm. I mean, to tell us this story of redemption, obviously, but as we long and await that King who is going to return for us, here's how you pray. Here's how you express your heart to me. Here's, here's how you, you talk to me, right? So it is a prayer book. 
that's what it's always intended to be is a prayer book mm-hmm. that teaches God's people how to pray as they long and await the coming King. Amen. Well, Pastor, um, as we get into the book of Psalms, I'm kind of put you on the spot a little bit. How can people prepare? Uh, what would be a good way for them to start the process of yeah. saying, okay, we're in the Psalms. What do I need to do now before we get directly into the preaching part of yeah. it? How do I prepare for that? Get a Bible. You're going to need one. Okay. <laughs> right. But I think part of it has been for me, the way I've prepared. Now I've obviously done a lot of study over yeah. the last few months to, to get ready for this series and I'm still doing a lot of study. Um, I mean, you might just think it's wise in your own life just to take some time over the next couple of weeks and to the best of your ability, read through the Psalms. I know, mm-hmm. I know there's a lot of them there. I'm doing that right now. I'm just reading through the Psalms. Um, I'm up to over the, I've been doing it the last couple of weeks. I'm up to like 40, 45, somewhere in there. Um, and it's been good just to take time. I haven't done any other Bible reading in my personal time with the Lord in the mornings. Um, other than the Psalms, I just wanted to focus in on the Psalms and read through those as I'm preparing to preach them and kind of get in, get my heart and mind in, in that mindset of the, of the psalmists as they write. And, um, that's been good. So that might be what you need to do. Just take some time over the next few weeks and just reacquaint yourself with the Psalms. I, I, I'd probably be safe to assume that many of us are familiar with, um, specific Psalms. Yeah. Every one of us knows Psalm 23. Sure. The very first passage of scripture I ever memorized was Psalm 100. Making Me too. Joyful noise and Me too. Vacation think, Bible yeah, school. Yeah, I mean, that, for whatever reason, as yeah. a kid, that's the first one you're taught. So that's yeah. the very first passage I ever memorized was, ever memorized was Psalm 100. And mm-hmm. I still remember it to this day. And so, so you know, there are probably many of us that when we think about the book of Psalms, there at Psalm 51 or whatever the case may be, there are specific Psalms that we think about that we know that, that are dear to us. Mm-hmm. Um, Psalm 34, whatever the, the case might be. But I, I, I bet you there are probably a lot of us who've never read through the entire book of Psalms. And so it'll be good for you to just mm-hmm. to do that and have that experience of, of, of reading. And as you're reading through, just take time to pray as well. As things Amen. come to mind, pray for those things. I think that'd be a helpful way to get your mind um, engaged and your heart engaged as we begin this series on the book of Psalms. But it's going to be, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be different because over the next 15 weeks or so, it's going to be a lot of poetry, which is something we don't study a whole lot. Uh, it's going to be different for me to preach through it because it's something I've never preached through like, like this in this way. But I think it's going to be super, super good for us and helpful for us. Amen. Well, Pastor, this has been really good. I, I'm excited about the new series. Uh, and I know we should be excited about all the new sermon series, but this one's just really got my attention. And yeah, I'm excited about the opportunity. Absolutely. Because I'm like you. I've never done it before. Yeah. And with you doing it, helping guide us through, I think it's going to be a good one to really latch hold on, especially to develop our worship and prayer. I think it's going to be too. I think it's going to be good. All right, Pastor, why don't you close us out and get us ready for next week? Well, I hope this has been encouraging to you today and helpful for you, and I hope you are looking forward to this Sunday if you're part of the Northwood family. If you're not part of the Northwood family, you can always go to our website, northwoodbaptist.com, and watch the sermons there or find us on uh, your favorite podcast provider. You can always do that as well. And if you have uh, enjoyed today's podcast, that was a little different, Scott. I don't know what you're doing over there. You, you got us. That, that's not the way this is supposed to end. I was on a roll, and I know what I was saying. Leave us a five-star review. That helps get the word out about about our podcast. Hit that subscribe button. Get new content delivery device every single week. Pray for Scott. And as always, we hope today's episode has helped you connect faith to life.